Last week we talked about the place where faith grows, place where faith comes from, and that is intimacy with the Lord. That it does not come in a situation like most people expect it to. When I get thrown into this crazy circumstance where great faith is required and a mountain must move, then I'll have faith to move that mountain. Not so. God will supply your every need, but he's also called you to be a good steward of what he's already given you. It's the, the parable of the man that gave money to the three other guys. Paraphrasing. Um, <laughs> and one just, he sat with it. He did nothing with it. And that is what so often we find ourselves as Christians doing with this gift of faith given to us at this moment of salvation. We just sit with it and we hold it. We won't share it. We don't even really want to look at it. We just want to keep it, this base level of faith. And the thing about a foundation is a foundation will not provide shelter. Foundation will not save you when the winds and waves come to crash against you. Foundation is simply there so that you can build that shelter that will be that protection. So this abiding faith that we're given at this moment of salvation is that foundation that this great structure of faith could exist in our lives that when the storms come, when the circumstances come, there is great faith to withstand it and see through it and see what's God, what God is doing in it. But that does not come without intimacy. God gave it to us, so how can we expect to get it any other way besides God in relationship with Him? So we have to have this place of intimacy. It is so crucial and it is so missed. We depend on intimacy with God and its source is coming to church. The friends that we have, the family that we have, and that becomes our intimacy with the Lord. And that won't do it. I have testimony, and a lot of you guys know my testimony, but the second I left for school, my intimacy with the Lord was taken because my friends weren't there. My church wasn't there. My family wasn't there. But the world was waiting for me with open arms, and I ran to it because I had no faith of my own to sustain me through it. Me and Jay have talked about this, what it is to be in that place of loneliness. There's just no real connection with another person. And the people that you are really connected with are far away, and you're just kind of in this moment, and it's the world or God. And if you don't have faith in that moment, you will choose the world because it's easy. It doesn't require much. So that's what we were talking about last week, and I ended with us recognizing that we must return to that place of intimacy because that's where Satan attacks. That's where he plants the fear, the doubt, and the division. It grows like a weed, and the best example I can think of is a garden. If you leave a garden unattended, what is not good and brings only death will rise up. Gardening 101. We can't leave that place unattended, and we must return to it. And not only does this place bring faith, but this place is where we are able to receive what God speaks towards us. We've talked about it a lot, the messages that we're sending to others. And God has sent us on a very unique journey understanding this message with a very interesting lunch conversation in Lubbock a few months ago that Jay, Max, John, months, Randy and myself had. But something that came from that place that is still astounding to me is the simple fact that sound creates substance. When we look at the beginning of creation, God said, and it existed. Sound creates substance. But sound is not always heard in the sense that we're hearing it right now audibly. Because there's a real need for us to 
understand the spiritual realm in a degree that we really can't understand unless we have intimacy with God. And something that he's highlighted to me is sound in the spiritual realm is not audible all the time. I mean, how many of us in here have actually audibly heard God speak? There's very few. That's not a regular thing, but yet many of us can attest to hearing God speak to us. And it's that sense of you've got an angel on one shoulder and a a demon on the other, and they're speaking in both ears, but you're not actually hearing like whispers in your ears, but you are hearing the thoughts. And there's a sound that is being created that is being received, although it's not audible, but we are hearing it in that spiritual realm, and it's influencing the flesh. Because a lot of times we get it mixed up that the flesh is what influences the spiritual realm, and it's not, it's not it. And that's just because this is what we live in. This is what we tangibly see is this, the fleshly realm. But the spiritual realm influences all of it, so there has to be a way for those two to connect, and it is the sound, but it's not always audible. And so that leads into this ability to have a message within yourself that others receive from you without you saying a word to them, but they absolutely know what is coming at them from you. I mean, it is not hard to be mad at someone going to that room and not say a word, and they know. Husbands know this well. I've learned it in the last two years. Crash course. Sarah comes home. Oh, man. I don't know what I did, but I did something. Bad news. She didn't have to say anything, but there was a message that exists, and that's a very basic example. It's not super profound or anything like that. But also at the same time with this message, what happens in in us is there's no place of intimacy, therefore there's no consistency, and so our message is constantly varied. It is continuously changing based on the circumstance. So you go to work, something's not going your way, someone shows up late, boom, my message towards that person has changed immediately. We don't even realize it until later. It's like, man, why am I still, it's like four o'clock so mad at this person. Because we allowed a message to exist in us because of that circumstance, and then that person would receive that later when they encounter us. Or we would just simply feed into an environment that they would enter into. They may not even see us, but they will enter into this environment, this place of work, and they will feel hostility. And so we can, we can all kind of relate to that, but we've never actually, I feel like a lot of us can, yeah, absolutely, that totally makes sense, but we never actually just sat down and pinpointed what that was. And that is simply this message that radiates from us. And then take it a step further, what message are you sending to God? And so we've kind of been wrestling with this question and these questions of this message, at least I have, we've been in it in the youth group very heavily because it's just, it's one of those things. God gave me a vision several years ago when I was in my dorm room doing laundry. I was just sitting in the laundry room doing, waiting on it to be done. And he gave me a vision of me walking down my dorm. I mean, I could take you there. I wish I could draw because I could draw it for you. But I was just walking back with my laundry basket and I was abiding, I was remaining in, and my focus was God, and what was radiating off of me was like an aroma, and people were drawn to it, and everyone that passed me got a whiff, you know, it's like someone walking with like a, like a box of cookies or something, and that's the direction you're headed, and that's what it was, and I, it's been evolving, and he's been continuously teaching me what he was saying in that vision, because it was, it was heavy for me, it's almost five years later, and he's still teaching me from that one vision that he gave. But it was the message that exists in us when our focus is on him. Easy example, Acts 5 with Peter. Why were people encountering just his shadow, just his presence passing by and being drastically changed? He wasn't saying a word to him. He wasn't interacting. He wasn't reaching out. His focus was on God. It says he was going to the temple to pray and worship. 
That was his focus. And so there's something about when we come from that place of intimacy and establish a message there that allows us to live our daily life without us opening our mouths, because oftentimes we think that we've got to speak about Jesus for Jesus to be made known. Not true. A reflection doesn't talk. A reflection reflects the image, right? We've been called to put a face on Jesus. That doesn't mean we're going to be called to always speak, but simply live. That our life, like we were talking about this morning, you could see it. You could see Jesus. As Kate walked up here, before she said a word, you could see God in her life. And it's true about anyone that walks up here to share testimony. We can see God moving in them right there, and we can see that it's obedience. It's very easy to tell. And that's part of just the place that this is and the environment that exists here. But that message has to exist outside of a circumstance, but can only be formed from a place of intimacy. So this place of intimacy where we abide and where we're transformed and where our faith grows is also where we're able to receive. Because before we can bring this message, before that vision that God gave me could be true in my life, Something first had to take place. I had to receive the message that he was speaking to me. I can't go speak identity to someone when I don't have identity. If I don't walk in the fullness of who he's created me to be, how am I going to help somebody else walk in the fullness of who they're created to be? It's not how it works. We looked at it last week when God says, do not go anywhere to the Gentiles, but first minister to the house of Israel right here. We can't be effective out there if... In here, we're very unhealthy, right? So we cannot effectively minister to others and lead them and accurately reflect this face of Jesus if we have not first received all that he has given to us, spoken about us. And that happens in that place of intimacy. Go ahead and turn to 1 John 1. And while you're going there, the Lord used this a long time ago in me. He spoke... Isaiah 43 over me, and I just want to read that really quick. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Those three words destroyed me. Because when he highlighted that to me, I recognized that I did not believe that. And it's, it's a heavy statement. So don't simply just say that you believe that, that you are his. Because a lot comes with that. And with great power comes great responsibility. That has a place there. But it also is an overwhelming amount of grace and peace that comes with that fact. But that was never believed in me until there was a place of intimacy where I could walk with God in my life, just me and Him, and recognize that there is a passion that He has towards me. It's the same with anyone in a parent. You know, they, Liam knows that Sarah and I love him and would do anything for him. He doesn't have a concept of it yet, but he knows it because he's been with us. He's felt our interactions towards him. He's heard our tone of voices as he's now starting to recognize words. He hears the consistency of our words towards him. And as any parent, you guys understand this. That is God toward us. But if there's not that place of intimacy... It won't work. In that place of, you know, it's just us, us three at home together. But if we spent all of our time in a daycare, and that's the only place where Liam saw us, how effective would it be at building a relationship that he would recognize our voice? He would recognize the truth in it, even when he can't totally understand what it's saying. 
that there is love and grace and mercy towards him. You know, it's just a basic example, but it wouldn't, it would be very hard for him to comprehend, and so it is for us. We have to have that place of intimacy. So, 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say... We have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his words are not in us. And just again, that verse 7, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's just a basic fact of abiding and remaining in. And I, you know, I'm, It's almost like I'm on a skip track or something. I just keep saying these things, but it's so lost in our community of believers as a nation, as a country, even as a city, there's just, there's no intimacy with God. And if we were to just return to that place of intimacy and allow that faith to rise up, we could then begin to hear what He says towards us and believe it and walk in it. We talked about it last week, how we, uh, as a worship team and as a, also as an Africa mission trip team, in preparation, we've gone around and shared the name that God calls each one of us. That we would not only know the dynamic of the team, dynamic of the worship team, and allow it to make a little more sense as people are moving and walking in obedience. Okay, God calls them this, so that makes sense why they're doing this right now. But that also allows us a level of unity and a degree of unity as we walk in agreement with what God speaks towards each and every one of us that now will be released into the congregation. But that place of intimacy, intimacy individually had to first exist before it could happen corporately. If Jay had asked us, let's go around and share our names, we're all like, oh man, I only worship God when I'm here. Been like, oh, okay. Been awkward. We would have had some issues come up, I'm sure, a long time ago, but it would have been an interesting conversation. But now, because of what's happened individually, and we come together corporately understanding who God calls each and every one of us because there's a place of intimacy that exists. And now, like a flame, like a wildfire, can spread and no one can stop it. It's not that in this place of corporate worship, everyone is automatically going to know who they are in God. But what happens is God begins to draw them in because they encounter a degree of the Father that they have not yet encountered because of what has happened individually in those people that are now corporately leading them. And because of that, they can encounter the Father, and I firmly believe this, that we, being made for Him, being created by Him, our sole purpose is to bring Him glory. When we encounter Him, we will yearn for Him. I just don't believe you can encounter the presence of God and not want more of it. I have not seen it happen yet. But, and let me be careful with that a little bit, I've seen... People want more and more and more. But what they cease to do is go to that place of intimacy. They want more, but they're not willing to take the step where it becomes just them and God. I've got people in my own life 
that have walked out of Randy's office, having received the fullness of what God has given them, not having received it, but having been given it, and their life does not look any different at all because they cannot receive it in Randy's office. There has to be a place of intimacy. They can say yes to it, but there's a difference. I say yes to what you're speaking to me. That does not mean I've fully received it. It just means I've started. Because where it's solidified, if I go to Walmart and I buy plants, I've got a future garden. But until I go and I plant them myself, and I see that they are in the place where life can be given and where they can flourish, they will not. Long story short, for us to receive Because God has really had me on this journey of taking things that people say a lot and wanting to understand them. Again, like I was sharing last week, my biggest struggle with Kindle was just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You keep saying walk in the spirit. I don't know what that means. And I keep saying, okay, but I need like a, I need a list of you take a right, then you take two lefts. You know, I need a list of what it is to walk in the spirit. And same with receiving. Receive what God has for you. Okay, but how? How do I receive what he has for me? You sit with him. How do I take my life and take the cap off of it and instead of being this tiny little hole that God pours into, be this wide open vessel that God can flood into? How do I do that? I want that. Yes, absolutely. I want that. I don't want to be the little eye drop that he's trying to fill up. I want to be this massive bowl that has no restrictions on what he can pour into. But how? That will not exist until that place of intimacy does. How do you have this place of intimacy? Just get alone and just be there and invite God. It's really, really simple. Just get away for a period of time and allow God to reign in that place. Do what you want to do, God. And maybe, and I've had these happen before, maybe you just sit there in total silence and nothing happens but you continue to develop that place of intimacy. You continue to allow God to reign in that place and then allow what happens there to flood into the rest of your life. You continue to seek after His presence in that place. That we could then come together as a group and encounter His presence in this place. But we can't just wait to meet with God at church. That's the beauty of the church that all these people who are saturated in the presence and have encountered the presence of God regularly throughout their day now come together to encounter that full presence that can just be unleashed to a degree that you're not able to comprehend and understand and encounter without the rest of these people. There's only so much you can hold by yourself. And God is so great. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. He wants us together that he could release more and more and more. Because it's all free. And he's withheld nothing. But until we can receive it on our own and receive what he speaks towards us in that place of intimacy, we'll be capped on what happens outside of that place, including church. I don't know why that has been the message consistently. For me, in my own life, and the people that I'm discipling and kids and adults and and a lot of the turmoil that I me and my family are going through right now could be solved if they would just stop and seek God on their own and let him say what he needs to say and receive it in that place does that mean in that place it's always easy to receive absolutely not but you keep going back and you keep going back until that is fully received 
It took me a year to receive my identity. Before I could even finish asking what my identity was, he had already given it to me. But it took me a year to fully receive it in that place of intimacy. But because of that, there's a full understanding. And there's an ability to walk in it. It's almost second nature. Because of that place of intimacy and what he did when I allowed him that time. And so that's, again, the same challenge that I had for you last week. Return to the garden. Return to the garden that faith would arise and that you would be able to fully receive what God has spoken to you that you could then go and take it to all those outside. Because there are so many just simply longing to just catch a glimpse. And how you catch that glimpse is when you see people that are coming from that place of intimacy with God, allowing Him to do what He needs to do in that place. Everything that God promises for us, everything that God desires to see exists in our lives, everything we read about in Scripture, everything good, everything radical, comes from people that had intimacy with God. You can trace it back to that every single time. Every time. One of the biggest Psalms, you see David and you see this walk of intimacy with the Lord. Those are his documented times of intimacy with God. We get to see that and the importance that came from that life and what flowed from that life. So be zealous for that place of intimacy. As God is jealous for your heart, be jealous for that place of intimacy with him uh, and fight for it and fight to protect it. Lord, we thank you for this night and we thank you for this message, Father God, because what it does in us and what it does in me is it gets me excited that you want us to encounter you like we've never encountered you. You want us to see and receive things that we have not yet seen and received. And you want a reality to be introduced to this world outside these doors that has not yet been introduced. And you want it to start with your children having intimacy with you. And so I just get excited, Father God, and I pray that that excitement would rise up in everyone in here, that we would run after that place of intimacy with you, God, and that we would zealously fight for it, that it would exist in our lives, because out of that comes everything good that you promise. We love you and praise you. Be with us throughout this week. We love you and praise you. God and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen.